Peace and welcome to a new episode of the Focus Podcast. I am your host, Eric Chibi, and today I am joined by a prolific Bay Area entrepreneur and chef, Charles Ferrier. Charles, how are you Hi. doing tonight, my brother? I'm doing well. Awesome to hear. Thank you so much for joining me on this evening. Charles, uh, you're, uh, you know, you're here tonight on the Focus, Focus Podcast, and we have so many exciting things to talk about tonight. Uh, but before, before we do, I understand that we all live in our own worlds and perspectives, and we have our own experiences. So give us a look into your world with everything that's going on in your world. What's your current mindset as of right now? Currently right now, my current mindset is I am trying to deal with um, with this employment issue that everyone is going through right now with us kind of slowly grasping back to um, our daily lives. We're just trying to find employees to right. work. I think um, for me and uh, a lot of my other entrepreneur friends and restaurant colleagues that Right now, we're having a really difficult time trying to find employees and trying to figure out how to really grasp the concept of getting them to stay and 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 really, like, you know, playing this tug-of-war game. Mm. Uh, and, and that's what you really have to look at it because everyone's looking at who's paying the higher dollar mm-hmm. and who's paying the higher dollar is where they're going to go. And, uh, you know, that's a small, small small entrepreneurs we don't we don't want to play that game right so if you want to go elsewhere that's fine but you also have to weigh out the pros and cons of how you're being treated sure at, at these big corporations you know they, they do they treat you well do they um you know do they actually give you lunch and breakfast or you know try to really make sure that they care for you as an as an employee and really have your best interests other than just looking at you as just as a, you know, just a body. Right. Absolutely. So currently, how, how many people are on your team? Currently, right now, I have seven. Seven um, people? Okay. Yeah, seven people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of looking for some, I'm looking for more, but, you know, I have a couple. I have one person on vacation. I have uh, three people in the kitchen mm-hmm. and uh, two people uh, at the market. So... And then I have me. Right. So. Of course. Absolutely. And uh, what positions are you looking for? Because when we release this, this will obviously be heard by a large audience, uh, predominantly in the Bay Area. Uh, so what positions are you looking for? Who are you we looking are for? Actually, we are actually looking for, um, I would love to find an experienced baker, you know, okay. a loyal baker, someone that actually wants to grow with the company mm-hmm. as we go into 2022. We're trying to focus on going back into catering and right, weddings right. and big events. And, you know, it, it's kind of helps when you have somebody that kind of helps as your, you know, kind of help you can kind of fall onto and not fall onto, but, you know, someone that you can lean onto that, you know, you can bounce ideas off uh, and someone that kind of help you kind of like get the, get the kind of help with keep the wheels in motion. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Because every you know, as an entrepreneur, we can't do it all by ourselves. Of course not. You need a team. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And one thing I always, you know, when we we first met at a uh, an event hosted by PayPal, I believe a few, years, and we were able to connect and stay connected. And one thing we I always admired: that small room. I yes. Yeah. And you know, it, what was so great was that you know uh, we were all at different stages of entre- entrepreneurship, and we were then. And I remember, you know, you speaking and you, uh, you know, talking about your business and when you, what you were doing at that time. And, uh, you know, just to see how optimized your business was then and to see how much you've grown up to now, I want to congratulate you, you know, and, you know, applaud that because, you know, growth as an entrepreneur is always something that we, is always welcome, but it always brings its own challenges as you are attesting to, right? And uh, obviously, with everyone that's an entrepreneur and a lot of businesses, you know, are now currently going through this hiring shortage, you know, uh, 
this is definitely something that, you know, is adding a lot of pressure to businesses. So with everything that's going on during this pandemic, how else has your business um, have, have had to pivot or shifted in the last few months? So last year I had to, last year I had to change a lot of things because we lost a lot of our catering. So we actually started doing to go meals, which was, um, which was very interesting because we had to, I had to really kind of come up with a menu every week. And then as I still started to do it more and more, I started to realize, okay, I need to just stop doing the meals because it wasn't, it wasn't cost efficient for me. Right. It was people were buying, not, it wasn't consistent. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, let me just keep some things that I liked on the menu and, mm-hmm. and basically bring them over to the farmer's market. And that has been really well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want me to bring the meals back, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I will, what I am working on currently right now is my holiday menu. Right. But hopefully I can try to get up this weekend on my website mm-hmm. so that people can try to get ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Right. So, and give us a, a quick uh, look into that holiday menu. What does that include? So currently right now, Thanksgiving, we are going to be releasing a turkey pot pie um, with uh, butternut squash, sage, and some dry cranberries. One of the other items that I'm going to put on the menu is a pumpkin it's a pumpkin spice cake mm. or a carrot cake. Uh, we're also going to do holiday cookies. Um, we're also going to do a sweet potato tart with a mm. meringue topping and a couple of pies, a couple of pies. And uh, I think, oh, and then we're going to have our holiday cheesecakes. Can't forget those. Right. Can't forget those. Yeah. So we're going to have our holiday cheesecakes. And that's actually what we're actually doing right now at our farmer's market. So we have our harvest roasted pumpkin. We have an apple cider, maple pecan, and we have our winter white, which is our white chocolate and cranberry, Mm. which is my personal favorite. It's our Christmas flavor. Right. And you are currently at what farmer's markets in the Bay Area? So currently right now, um, we were at Walnut, we were at uh, Livermore. Livermore just ended like two weeks ago. Okay. So we're in San Francisco at the Ferry Building. Right. We're at uh, Grand Lake in Oakland. Walnut Creek on Sundays, and we're in Marin on Sundays as well. Mm-hmm. And those, for those listening, you obviously do shipping across the country as well, correct? We don't do shipping yet. We try to do shipping, but as anybody has ever known, has tried to ship anything, especially a food product, sometimes it works, sometimes it wasn't, it doesn't. So mm-hmm. we, I just have learned that it doesn't work for me. Of course. Early right now, I'm only doing delivery and uh, pickup. Delivery and pickup. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And you're, you're obviously, uh, you know, you're providing your uh, cheesecakes, your food and your experience, you know, in different platforms in different ways uh, across the Bay Area. you mentioned that catering obviously has been affected, but you're now opening up for catering as well in special events. Is that correct? Correct. So we want to kind of fully launch that hopefully for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, Currently, one of the ways that we did pivot, we did join, um, we did do the online platforms. Right. So that has been really, really helpful, actually. Um, mm-hmm. As you already know them, um, I don't need to tell you. Um, yes. So the, the online platforms have been really successful. And then we also have the virtual kitchen as well um, on East on uh, East 12th Street in Oakland. Okay. So that has been really, um, that has been really uh successful so that kind of helps with revenue it it really does help absolutely and are you always looking for new partners always yes okay always looking for new partners to put put my put my product on a platform because you just never know that's an extra eyes that you know they didn't know before yeah absolutely and what you're offering charles is so Mm. particular but also it's such a fine product because again once you try Charles Cheesecakes, 
you know, uh, and we we haven't even mentioned the name of the company. Please mention the name of your company. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the company is called Crumble and Whisk, and yes. of course, he knows that we specialize in artist style cheesecakes. Right. And um, you know, the reason for that is because we're known for doing unique and out of the box flavors. One of our all-star signature flavors is our beaten berry. We wanted to do flavors that were innovative, that were kind of out of the box and kind of add, you know, a, an adventurous, an adventurer on your taste, on your taste buds, mm -hmm. other than just having the, uh, you know, the order, the same, the same experience that you can get anywhere. Yes. So. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to kind of give something that was going to get people excited. Yes. Yes, of course. And as you just heard now by Charles, this, uh, you know, his cheesecakes are obviously available across the Bay Area. You can find more information online. But Charles, I definitely want to get into the inspiration behind you choosing this specific line of work and you obviously, you know, getting into, uh, you know, building this uh, empire because you're still building it out now, but I, you know, definitely want to get into what inspired you to get into this line of work and to get into this industry, the food industry. So I always had a lot to do, but as I kind of grew into more of adulthood, I was introduced to a program called uh, Job Corps. And as I went through the program, I started to learn that I actually started to love to cook and mm -hmm. had and, and found my passion. Mm -hmm. And one of my chefs that kind of really, she was, a, she was a really, really hard teacher. Um, but she really taught me the skill set of really learning how to hone your craft and understand who you are as a person and to really, you know, love what you do and take ownership of it. Mm -hmm. And don't just like, do it just for a check because that doesn't really work because if you don't love it, then it shows. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I, um, after culinary school, I actually worked on a train. I actually worked on a boat. Actually, I, take it back. I worked on a boat first. Mm -hmm. I worked on American um, Oriental. I worked on, a, what is it called? Um, actually, the boat was, this cruise ship was called NCL. It was a cruise ship. And then I worked on a, a train. And um, after that, then I worked in a couple of restaurants. And, and then uh, I kind of got burnt out. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, gets, it gets tiring. Talk about that. Talk about that. Talk about your experience working in the restaurant industry, because that's such a whole different experience. You mentioned working <sighs> in, in a ship. That's one whole experience working on a train. I can only imagine, right? Because you're so limited in space. So but, yes, working, working at on restaurants, the, working yeah. on the working on the restaurants, you're 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 under the pressure and under the, under the scrutiny of like the chef, and just always trying to get tickets out the door. Like when soon as the doors hit open at five o'clock, you get a line. You get all these tickets, so you you're under pressure mm -hmm. for total four to five hours and you're trying to make sure you're trying to hold together the back of the house and trying to hold together the front of the house right because you can't it's you're juggling two components but you're trying to play this balancing act of making sure that you're keeping the customers happy mm -hmm. while also keeping the waitresses happy and your cooks happy mm -hmm. and and that can be a hard act to just that can be a hard act to do because you're trying to make sure all your plates come out perfectly and nothing is, there's no mistakes for it. There's no room for error. Right. And, and that, that can be hard. And it, it sometimes you kind of, you know, it's not your error. It could be someone else's error, but you have to clean it up mm -hmm. and make it look as nice and presentable as possible. Right. And so um, I remember one time I had got, we had a we had a customer. This is that one restaurant I worked at, and they had a garlic allergy. And I was like, oh, "Garlic allergy? Are you really serious?" <laughs> so, um, you know, you know, you try not to laugh about it, but it's like, "Oh my god, really?" And mm -hmm. uh, they uh, they were actually serious. And I said we told the guests and that we couldn't serve them, 
And they were like, why? Because we can't guarantee you that we don't have garlic and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we had pork chops and greens and other things on the menu. And I just, we were just like, no, we can't, we can't mm-hmm. serve you because we, it just wouldn't be right. Mm-hmm. So they got upset. And then we've had other incidents where customers will eat the whole plate. They will eat everything on the plate and they'll say, oh, I didn't like the food. Can I get a refund? Or, and like, we're like, what? Seriously? Like, not know, even joking, not even a prank. Not, yeah, yeah. not even a joke. And they're serious. Like, they yeah. will get up and walk out. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. Customers will do stuff like that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't had to deal with that currently right now, but it's like, you still deal with, just the 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 scrutiny of customers and it's 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 really hard and it's kind of disheartening that people don't take it they don't look at your craft and everything that you do as serious as as you do they just look at it as like something on the plate or something in a pretty packaging so they can gobble it up which is it's 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 and they don't have to understand that that's not for them to understand Mm -hmm. so um I say that because I feel like in the restaurant, it's it's you have to have a thick skin, mm-hmm. but you also have to have compassion. And you also have to have understanding of the people that you work with, not just your staff, but also the customers and and find and figuring out their viewpoints and where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Very well explained, and I, I think that gives a very good you know insight because so many times, uh, you know, if you're someone who likes, enjoys to eat out and enjoys fine dining, then, you know, you're definitely going to be enjoying going out to different restaurants. But you always notice uh, that there's a synchronicity going on in the restaurant that elite, great restaurants do this very well. They, there's chaos going all around, but everyone's working so in harmony with each other that it's organized yes. chaos. Is that correct? It's yeah. like a delicate dance. Yes, very true. Yes. Yeah. I noticed that recently I, I was having breakfast at a, a Guatemalan restaurant here in San Rafael. I just posted it on Instagram. It's called El Lucerito, and they specialize in authentic Guatemalan dishes. And if you go on a Sunday, uh, I think it was like around 10 a.m., it was rush hour for them. And you could just tell we were sitting right next to this kitchen and how everyone from the front of the house to the back of the house, everyone knew their role. From the moment a dish was, uh, you know, was dirty, or you know, from the moment somebody was leaving their table, you know, I was just noticing how everything was just working in time, and they brought other people waiting outside in, and it was just so beautiful to see. But getting back to just you know your experience at the restaurant industry, Charles, uh, would you learned obviously so much from that. So from your restaurant industry, is that where you started going into your own lane and creating your own lane in um, the food industry? Yes. Um, after just working in a restaurant for so many years, you just learn um, a lot of the, a lot of things, a lot of my experience that I've learned. I just figured it was just easier for me to start my own. Mm-hmm. I could have went back and could have worked for other people, but I didn't want to do that. And it wasn't like I couldn't. I just felt that I got tired of being, I didn't have an opinion. I didn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. I'm a very creative person. Right. And I like to create and like to be able to come up with the ideas and come up with the recipes. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be uh, very savvy, very savvy, a very savvy business owner. But I think, you know, as you kind of go along this journey, you know, you kind of will learn and grow into your own. And that's what I've done, just being just being an entrepreneur and being a business owner as myself, mm-hmm. you know, from taking from what I've done in the restaurant is, is kind of adapted to what I know now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, a, you know, and I'm always trying to clean it up. I'm always trying to figure out ways to be better, mm-hmm. be a better leader and um, trying to be a better leader for my staff and just have a under, more of an understanding of what they want, what their viewpoints are. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, as an entrepreneur and the CEO, you have you know um, that duty, right, to instill that long term vision into you know your staff and the employees that are choosing to work with you. And sometimes it could be challenging and difficult, but when you find the right people 
to promote the brand and to push you forward, it works like magic. So, you know, really looking forward to to that, uh, you know, growth and, you know, experiencing that at, you know, uh, at a large level for you. So also going into uh, just more of your story, I was reading that you uh, had some experience with uh, La Cocina. And that's, I believe, a nonprofit here in the Bay Area. Can you talk mm-hmm. about how that helped your development as an entrepreneur? Oh, yeah. It helped my development um, tremendously. Um, we actually, I'm still with the organization today. I'm still in contact with the organization today. So how I kind of came along La Cucina was that actually, I was actually still working uh, my nine to five at mm-hmm. the time. And uh, one of my paralegal actually she was actually yeah i think she was paralegal uh one of my paralegal friends she had told me about it and she actually no actually it was my librarian it was a librarian told me and she told me about it and she said uh you know she had applied for this organization called la cocina mm-hmm. and i said oh i don't really have time because you know my what i was doing at the job they were really on our on us about time constraints mm-hmm. and i said why don't i just give you the information you can fill out the application and mail it back, whatever. So we sat down, we did the application and we got it back in. And then I got called for an interview. And then uh, here I am today. And um, La Casina has actually helped me get opened up so many doors for me and has given me so many opportunities, not not just with catering and um, catering opportunities, but just all the people that we have met along the road Mm-hmm. And just getting the brand out there and all the wonderful faces that I have met and uh, the opportunities that they have given me that I wouldn't have got elsewhere. Right, right, right. And can you talk about that, you know, being open to, you know, um, opportunities as an entrepreneur? You know, there's so many different resources available all around yes, us. And it's just a matter of us tapping in and, you know, doing what's necessary to get that um you know, that help or that push or whatever it may be. So can you talk about that? You being open to receiving, you know, the help and uh, opportunities from other people. Yeah. So for me with La Casina, you know, they really kind of really instilled and really kind of focusing the brand and making sure the brand had the proper direction that it needs to go into mm-hmm. because their mindset is, it doesn't make sense to start a business if you don't, if you as yourself don't have a proper idea of what you want to do. Okay, for example, you want to do cotton candy, but the name doesn't fit with the brand. It sounds like, for example, my original name for my company was called Shea Fourier. Say that, that again. My original name for my company, uh-huh. it was called Shea. It was called Shea Fourier. Wow. That's what I wanted okay. to. That's what I wanted to call it, but yeah, I couldn't. We, we, that was not, yeah, that was not capable because it right. sounded like a French restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so um, we rebranded it mm-hmm. into, actually, we went to two different names before we got to Crumble the Whisk. And so we rebranded it and it really kind of helped me focus on like your name, your name says a lot about your company. And if you don't have a good brand name, people don't know who you are. And it has to, it has to, it has to hold up to what you're, what you're selling, mm. and what you're serving to the public. Um, the other factor is that one thing that La Casina does is they really try to make sure that, you know, you as a you as a person, they really want to make sure that you understand the rules of how to become a better entrepreneur and the things that the tools that you need to do to get there. Mm-hmm. And so when you're going out there and meeting these people, you know how to present yourself and knowing what to do and what to say and what not to say. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I remember the first time we had to do a press release <laughs> and um, I was so nervous mm-hmm. and um, Caleb actually stepped in and was like, started talking to me because I was like, it was my first time. I didn't know what to say. It was like mm-hmm. all these cameras in front of me. I was like, oh my God, what am I, what do I do? Right. And um now I wouldn't have any problem because I've learned just 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 being around them and just you know with their experience and what I've learned how to really manage it um and to have the understanding 
of what to do and how to say it. Because everything that you do when you're an entrepreneur, you can't do and say everything that you want to do. When you can do it, you can do a lot of stuff, but you can't say everything that you want to say. Right. And so it's certain things that you really want to kind of be mindful of that and understanding that your audience, your, your target audience is your customer. And mm-hmm. so, you know, for me, La Casina has really helped me in understanding for who I am as a brand, as a visionary, and um, and as a where I want to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but, that's wonderful. You know, you're, you're giving so much um, great information, especially when you're, uh, you're talking about rebranding. You know, so many entrepreneurs have to face this, you know, um, head on sometimes. And for example, we're seeing this with one of the biggest companies in the world, you know, they're rebranding currently. And, we're, and who am I speaking of? I'm speaking of Facebook and more in particular, you know, they're rebranding currently. And for whatever reason that is, you know, that's a whole different conversation, but rebranding is something that sometimes is necessary. And just, to hear, and just to hear that you were open to that because you obviously had your own name already. I'm sure that you had, you know, coming up with the business name, like you mentioned, is very important because it not only represents the business, but it represents the values, it represents the status, it represents so many different uh, levels of the business. So you mentioning that is so key. And I just want to, you know, dive in a little deeper as far as rebranding goes, uh, because I deal with so many entrepreneurs who, you know, are either in this stage or they're going through the stage of rebranding. So, Charles, talking about mm-hmm. rebranding with, uh, you know, your company, Crumble and Whisk, uh, that process per se, you obviously had a team to help you. But within yourself, what what tools did you use to help you, um, you know, go through that uh, that process of rebranding? I looked at colors. I looked at colors that, that really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And I also looked at, for me, I looked at my vision of what I wanted to really stand out. And when I look at Crumble and West today, you know, our, our slogan is modern style patisserie cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that, because we want to, we want to give the customers of this, this adventurous, um, tantalizing experience on their taste buds. Because for me, it, it's not, it's not just about, it's not about just the food or the dessert. It's about the experience that you give to the customer, because at the end of the day, you want the customer to come back to you and you want that to be a talking point to kind of circle back to your brand. Sure. And so at the end of the day, the reason why people come back is because they're like, okay, I heard about this brand and it never let me down, mm-hmm. you know, People don't want to have a bad experience. And so when, when we talk about rebranding, you also want to kind of mention, you know, how does it speak to the customer and, you know, how do they relate to it? Because right. everything has to be relatable. And so that's what, you know, for me, I was kind of looking at it from a customer standpoint. And that's how I kind of, I look at everything. Okay, how does this affect the customer? Right, right, right. You know, I always look at it from the customer standpoint instead of my standpoint, because my standpoints are great, but if it doesn't pass by the customer, it doesn't really, it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did with the branding is I looked at the colors, and one of the colors that I chose, we chose two, three different colors, actually. It was a purple, cream, and silver, but I don't really use the silver a lot, actually. I just use the cream. It's, I know, actually, it's cream, purple, and brown. Sorry, it's mm-hmm. cream, purple, and brown. And the purple represents royalty. It's bright. It's festive. You know, it's one of those colors that, you know, you can look at and you don't have to feel like it's, um, it's not as harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I chose the cream, because I wanted something neutral. I wanted something that was kind of soft. And I also wanted to choose something that... But, um... uh, I think you were just finishing what you were talking. Uh, you you were saying about uh, the color, you know, the royalty. Oh uh, yeah, the royalty and the and the and the cream mm-hmm. represents for me. It was like to me, 
you know, um, it kind of gave, uh, it kind of gave them a neutral, a neutral, uh, a, a neutral color, because mm -hmm. I didn't want anything that was too bright, but also kind of gave this kind of creaminess and kind of buoyancy along with the purple, and it kind of added a little softness to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it also kind of, for me, it represented like cheesecake. So, and then I did brown to kind of add a little bit of a balance. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want to have all these uh, bright colors, so mm -hmm. I wanted to add a little bit of uh, uh, darkness, but I didn't want it to be so dark. And I felt like the, the all the colors that I chose really worked together with the brand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at your logo now, and is that a brown? On yeah. The, okay. Yeah. It should be a brown or purple, but if not, it's probably purple and probably purple yeah. and um, another color. Right, right. No, it looks really great, really great. And uh, one thing again that I, you know, d definitely commend you on is just you know your um, your presentation. It's very it has a very superior, uh, very uh, luxurious look. And when you try it again, and this is not a paid promotion, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is a, this is a free promotion because I am definitely you know a customer of the product. And this leads to my next question. How have you been adapting to this whole new rise in awareness of health consciousness, people wanting plant-based options? How have oh, you adapted to that? How have you changed your menu? We have, we have changed our menu drastically, mm -hmm. but we've also been doing plant-based since we started the company. Wow. Okay. So we, I always did a vegan option. Mm -hmm. Um, what I started doing more of now is keto. Okay. Keto and um, keto and low calorie. Right. So I've done keto and like, well, I don't say low calorie, but for our keto and like low sugar, low people that want to do low sugar and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, don't want to have a lot of sugar in their diet. Mm -hmm. So we've been adapting that really well. And that's okay. one thing that we want to kind of roll out next year uh, when we finish working on our new website. Yeah. Um, we want to kind of introduce our um, keto and low calorie cheesecakes. Ideally, I would love to be able to have a all vegan, um, a, a, a whole all vegan line and an all keto line, but mm. that takes, you know, more money. And yeah, right now I don't have that right now. So I'm just trying to like get it. I'm trying to like figure it all out and trying to really like do it one step at a time yeah of course so that's what i've been working on and yeah really trying to really stick to what customer needs yeah i no, try absolutely. to do what i can mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so are you open to uh for example you know some somebody may have a you know uh an aller allergy or something like that you, you would you do something like something personalized if somebody would ask or request that yeah, actually, we do that actually all the time. Actually, um, okay. people request stuff all the time. Some stuff we can do, and some stuff we can't. Yeah, but like you know, we try to accommodate the customer as much as possible because I definitely understand that um, people have a lot of um, dietary needs. Yes, yes, you know, within reason. You know, yes. I can't. Yeah, I'm not a magician. Yeah. So we're obviously speaking of, you know, this experience. Uh, what's a restaurant or some uh, somewhere you visited where you received this ultimate experience where you were just, you know, enamored by the service, the product, or whatever it may be? When was the last time you did this? Hmm. What was the experience? Oh, let me see here. Um, oh, God, I, I go to a lot of places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um uh lord i so for me when i go out to a restaurant i really appreciate the service if the service is really well done mm -hmm. i will normally will you know it to me that that shows a lot mm -hmm. you know if the food is if the food is 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 great but it's not super super i mean super i mean Satapular, yeah. um, it, it it could still it can still work for me, yeah. but if the service is is really on point and I really enjoy everything that they have accommodated for me or yeah. you know, they've done, 
you know, I, I definitely will be going back. Um, so, I mean, for me, I like to go to a lot of uh, Thai places. I like to eat a lot of like Thai food, Vietnamese. Yeah. Um, I definitely like um, those type of cuisines mm -hmm. for, for the most part. Um, I like to eat all cuisines, but those are my favorite. Right. Um, so for, for the most part. So when I go to these places, I definitely like to indulge and, you know, try things on the menu that I haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. Or even if I like go out of town or something like that, and you know, I try to experiment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now I hear you. And Charles, what's uh, one thing that you are definitely working on right now that is, uh, you know, uh, in the long term vision of the company? You know, what's something that's in the long term vision of the company that you're achieving? You're not achieving, but you're working towards right now. My long-term goal is that I would like to achieve is I would like to open up a, an actual brick and border. Mm -hmm. um, I know many people out there say that it shouldn't happen and I should not do it, but you know I, I think that and there are a lot of places that I feel like I feel like we could actually achieve that, and I feel like I would actually, you know, uh, I would actually survive. I, at least I hope. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, if, if that doesn't happen, um, I would just go and I would just do more of the cloud-based kitchens. Right. I would probably do more of the cloud-based kitchen. But my ultimate goal, my ultimate dream is to be able to have like little crumble and whisk bake shops on every little corner mm. or every city or every little or every popular city. Got it. That yeah. would be the ultimate goal. And, and then... I would love to be able to have my own um, bakeware line. What would that include? Uh, Springform pans, pie pan, pie um, pie tins, mm -hmm. uh, cakes, cake cake cutting slicing, um, bread loaf pans, um, apple cores, things like that that you would use in the household spatulas, right? Whisk, right. of course. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know, kind of like um, the Martha Stewart or Emma Lagasse. Got so, it. Yeah, yeah, I want to do like that. I yeah. want to do a, um, you know, and and I want I would like to be able to how to have that as well. But you know, I don't know how to long how to go about doing that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I'm still figuring it out. Right. No, and that's why I wanted you just to speak on that because, you know, obviously you know, there's power in, in words and what you say. And, you know, obviously this is something that you're thinking about constantly. So just to hear you say it, you know, from, from your own words, um, it brings to, to mind, you know, uh, what can actually happen and what will happen in the near future because, you know, you're speaking, speaking it to existence and other people have done it. Therefore, I'm sure that you can do it and you can even do it better. You know, and as far as, you know, uh, the resources necessary for you to do that, I'm sure they're that they're coming on their way right to you as we speak. Right. Because um, you've heard the saying before that when the, the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And yeah. mm -hmm. I found that to be true in many, many things in business. Right. That, you know, when you're ready, then, you know, everything presents itself to you. Right. Uh, because that's how everything works. So. One thing you mentioned was about the brick and mortar. Now, I want to ask you why you think brick and mortar will work in today in 2021, where most businesses have been, you know, obviously not a lot, not all of them, but some yeah, have I know. Been, been challenged with this. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think also, I think a lot of people have challenges with it. And I don't, don't quote me on this. And I don't want to speak this. I don't want to say Something that's gonna hopefully get people gonna like backlash me. No, no, no. Um, I think a lot of times when you don't have the different revenues of stream of ca of of cash flow coming in, right. it makes it really really hard. Mm -hmm. It makes it really really hard. Um, mm -hmm. For me, with us doing the farmers market and we're doing the um, we're doing the cloud kitchens and we're doing wholesale. I, I do feel like we could actually manage a storefront and that would just be a, another 
another stepping stone for us to engage with customers. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other factor is that at our commercial kitchen, we get so many people that walk in and, and so many calls. And mm-hmm. I mean, it happens all the time. And, and I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, that's not really a real reason. But I mean, it, it may or may not be. But for me, even if it's just a, a, um, a counter Mm-hmm. and a cashier a, a, a you know a table whatever right something i mean i do feel like because people still want of walking in a cafe sitting down having a macchiato having a latte and reading the paper while they listen to some music and having their piece of cake yes people still want that experience That's as so much true. as people people want to um you know disen- disenfranchise brick and brick and mortars Mm -hmm. that they still have a place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this goes back to the this is why and this is exactly why we need people to work because if we don't have the brick and borders to stay open then there there will be no jobs Mm -hmm. i mean people can't they they won't stay open yes so yeah so i do i do feel like I would I would love to be able to kind of get into one, but I'm taking my time. Yes. Have you looked I'm into taking, some? Um, currently right now I'm talking with someone. Okay. To to get in the, into, in the Bay to area. Look at, yeah, to look at some spaces, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of at a crossroad because I'm trying to figure out if I want to buy a house mm-hmm. or if I want to do the brick and brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Um, I always pronounce that wrong, um, because for me. The pros and cons are, which one has more, which one has more ass, assets towards mm-hmm. it, right? And for me, the house is 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 I'm leaning more towards because that one I can, I have more value towards the the brick and mortar. I don't if you don't own the building, you can just they can just kick you out even though you sign a like a, a long term lease, right? But still, you're still paying for a lot more when mm-hmm. it comes when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Other than just a, other than just a mortgage. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, that's definitely you know a, a decision that you know requires a lot of thinking through, and like you said, weighing the pros and cons. So, uh, but yeah, going back to the storefront, um, you know, where do you think it would work? You think Emeryville? I would love Oakland? to see it. In, I would love to see one in either downtown Oakland, downtown, or, or in the plaza. In uh, the Bay Street, I would love to be able to take over like Karen's, you know, Karen's Cupcakes. Uh oh, you mean on Emeryville in Emeryville? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're still open. No, Karen's Cupcake is not open anymore. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talk about possibility and opportunity. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's available. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's Can available. And I it? actually, I have not looked into it. I need to reach out to um. The person that actually I have the I I know the person over at City Council okay. in Emeryville, so I need to I need to send them a little note and see. Yeah. I feel like it, it could really work for me. You know. Yeah, you're very we'll well connected, Charles. You're very well connected, and another thing, you're very well liked. And here's another thing. What I noticed last time I was, um, I, I think I was at the Marin um, Farmers Market, and it, you weren't there, but some, you know, obviously a representative. Oh, James, there. James, yes, yeah, my nephew, yes. And I mean, I just got to see how other customers interacted with the whole brand and experience, and I was like, people really love it, <laughs> you know. And you know, that's hands off, you know, hats off to you because obviously you've obviously created this whole experience, so. Yes, I believe that it will work, you know, and you said uh, you would love to see it in either Emeryville or Oakland, right? Yeah, I would love to see what in San Francisco, too. Yeah. I mean, the whole the whole idea is to kind of create a, you know, to make it franchisable mm-hmm. so that way people can have the same experience and have the same consistency um, in no matter mm-hmm. which crumble and whisk location they go to. Yes. Now, the other factor is that I have to figure out if, if I want to do all cheesecakes and dessert, make it a whole dessert bar, or if I want to do desserts and and um, sandwiches and salads and 
mm-hmm. other things like that. But right, right. I think I probably would just do an all-over dessert bar just to yeah. kind of simplify it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stick to your strengths, obviously. And yeah, and, yeah. Why course. why add extra? I mean, of course, I'll probably have one or two savory items. Yes. Because you need to have a little bit of a balance. Sure. You know, that way people can kind of come in because we do have our we do have our chicken pot pie that we do have at the farmer's market. Okay. And that has been very, very popular. Mm, okay. Yeah. So you obviously know your audience, you know, your customers very well. And the great thing is that you're still experimenting, right? You're still trying different things. You're still trying different ingredients, different recipes, which keeps an excitement going on. Yes. It keeps the innovation of for the for the customers and really keeps the excitement and for for the customers and their experience so that when they come mm-hmm. every time they come to the booth they're like oh what's new what do you have what do you have new for me right they love that yes absolutely and i'm guessing you have a newsletter or something where people can sign up with their email we do we have a newsletter on our web we have a we have a it's on our website. So okay. you can sign up, put your newsletter, put your email address in it. Um, but the best way, because um, actually we don't, newsletters are okay, but we're learning that and me and my marketing team, we'd start to talk about it more and more. Mm-hmm. We actually are using more social media more mm-hmm. other than other than newsletters. Okay. Uh, but we're trying to figure out other ways to reach more customers. Yes. Uh, so currently right now we're doing Instagram, more Instagram, Facebook, um, I probably will end up probably doing some some ads, paying for some ads for the holiday season, just yeah. because I want to kind of get the um, I want to get the momentum up, mm-hmm. and I want people to kind of get excited about the holidays and and Christmas and Thanksgiving. Right, Those are my favorite time of year. I love the holidays. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Obviously, and your products fit right into this, you know, um, season and. You know, like you mentioned, there's so many different varieties of options available, like from mm-hmm. the pumpkin to, uh, you know, go down the line again. What's your best seller, actually? So uh, the holiday ones actually our best seller is our maple pecan. Whoa, maple pecan. Yeah, okay. maple pecan. A lot of the men love that. Mm-hmm. It has a very, very, it has a very, like, um, dark mapley taste to it. Yeah. Very kind of smoky with the pecans. Yeah. And it has a it has this streusel has a streusel buttery topping on top. Mm. And you know, to me, when I came up with the concept of that cheesecake, I wanted something between a cross between a coffee cake and a cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I come up with these hol- when I come up with these flavors, particularly holiday flavors, it comes from an inspiration from other ideas that I've wanted. Um, a lot, the other holiday one that everyone sleeps on is my apple cider uh, flavor. Okay. And that one, people don't really, they don't really buy a lot, but I'm like, I'm hoping after this, maybe they'll buy. Um, <laughs> there you go. It, it, it actually starts off with roasted apples and we use fresh thyme and we, we deglaze it with apple brandy and some mm-hmm. apple cider. And then we just marry all these flavors into the cake and then we make an apple compote on top and it just really screams holiday. Mm-hmm. It's like, think of it like every time they play the Mariah Carey song, um, uh, All I Want for Christmas. Right, right. Um, <laughs> in so many ways. Um, and so that's why um, I came up with, uh, I only have four holiday flavors. I may work on a fifth one for next year. I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but my f- my final one, I have four. So I have the pumpkin, the maple, and the apple. And then my fourth one is my one that I love the most, which is my white chocolate and cranberry. It's very, very Christmassy. And um, I definitely recommend it if you haven't tried it, definitely try it it's like the first bite is like christmas mm. it, and it starts off with um it's white chocolate it's our cranberry essence and and that has um cranberry cinnamon um orange zest a little bit of grand Marnier, 
and um, and we just marry it into the cheesecake and in the white chocolate and it's 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 like heaven. It's amazing, mm. and it has a cranberry compote on top. Indeed, so many people hearing this are going to be sold the moment that they hear your description. <laughs> they're gonna be like, "I'm sold." They're gonna be on the website. They're gonna be looking it up, talking about yo. They're gonna be on your Instagram talking about yo. I just heard the podcast. Yes, please DM me. Yes, yes. and That's I can definitely make that happen. Yeah, yes, because um, currently right now we're trying to get it up on the site, but mm-hmm. I'm going through some technical issues. But yes. hopefully, we can get that all worked out by the end of the week. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So you, you talk about that. You, you you're obviously you know going through that new. Uh, you're going through a transition. You said you're you're doing a new website. Um, so you're gonna have your online orders. Oh, not I'm sorry. You said not your online orders, but just your online presence. It's all gonna be back up and optimized. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So currently, right now, I'm gonna tap up a menu between tomorrow or tonight, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna send it to my developer. And what we're gonna do is what I would like to do is do a pop up, so the menu will pop up. And they will just basically click on it and they can they can send me an email and they can send me an email and then they can say this is what I want. I saw right. it pop up, you know, it hopefully it'll take them to a link. Yes. And maybe we'll do a splash page. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll do a splash page in that way. Because they probably won't be able to get the links up for the photos and all that, but we'll do a splash page mm-hmm. with the with that and then they can just email the order. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And I heard, and you you mentioned something as well a little bit earlier. You said that you're doing wholesale. So for anyone who is the owner of a business or a cafe, or you know, um, you know, um, somewhere where you sell food, you are obviously open to do partnerships and do wholesale. Of course, yes. Yeah. Okay. We work with cafe. We work with actually. Um, we work with organizations like. Good Eggs, La Cocina, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we've worked with um, our another partner that we work with is uh, Pig and a Pickle. Right. Uh, we've worked with uh, uh, Mini Bells. And we've worked with a slew of other restaurants out there as well and other organizations mm-hmm. that we have we have done business with right. um, presently. Right, right. Awesome. And as we begin to wrap up, um, Charles, give us an insight into, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, what you're working towards, you know, what's the vision, but give us a little bit of insight into five years from now, where is Crumble and Whisk? What does it look like? What is it doing? Whew. That's a lot. Okay. So I think with the next five years, I'm hoping to have at least two more stores open mm-hmm. um, because I know they take time. Um, I would like to be able to have two more stores open. I would like to be able to hopefully be working on hopefully a television, hopefully a small television show yeah. to where I can do like a cooking segment mm-hmm. so where I can show people like how to bake certain things, mm-hmm. but also have like speaker guests to kind of like talk about like their baking challenges and things that have happened or just kind of like talk and kind of cook together and just kind of like get questions from the audience, you know, and just kind of get people engaged. People love those kind of things. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Something that just came to mind when you mentioned that was when I was younger, I would watch uh, the, the cooking channel or the food network, I believe. And uh, do you remember the chef, um, his name started with the E. I think it was Emery or... Oh, Emeril. Emeril yeah. Lagasse. Yes. Yes, I learned a lot of stuff from him. Yeah, exactly. He was a big inspiration for me and a lot of other chefs mm-hmm. that um, growing up just seeing him on TV. Yeah. And his um, his enthusiasm yeah. and his creativity right. and how he kind of kept the, kept the momentum up with the audience. Yes. And those are things that, you know, for me, that's what I want to be able to do and to do and keep the the audience captivated. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and um, you know, hopefully I would love to be able to go one day. I would like to be able to write my memoir mm-hmm. um, and kind of put that out there. Of just like my personal life and kind of like where I've gone and where I'm at now. And yeah. And, you know, because people like it when they know more about you as a person yes 
Yeah. Yeah, it makes everything so. much more relatable. And, you know, again, as an, the entrepreneur community is so huge. The chef mm-hmm. community is, you know, not as big, but it's huge as well. And it's international. And, you know, you fit into so many different subcategories just as an entrepreneur, as a human being. And, you know, you sharing your story, you know, uh, supersedes any type of border, right? Somebody in a different country, a different continent can hear your story and be inspired and can embrace your experiences and learn from them. And that's the great thing about what we have available with us today, which is the technology. You know, like you mentioned, you're obviously um, ramping up your social media marketing. And that's with great measure because that is where your audience is. And if you're creating relevant content, then they're going to engage and they're going to support. And you're definitely, you know, like you mentioned, there's so many different mediums to reach your audience and to make sure that you're on all the right ones is so important right now. So I can't wait to hear more about, you know, your story. You Like you said, you're in the future, you're going to be writing a memoir, you know, and again, you're going to be featured on a television show. We don't know which one just yet, but, <laughs> you know, I love it. Yes. I, I know that for a fact because just your personality, you know, your charisma and everything that you've done up to this point has been nothing less than excellent. And, you know, again, as a fellow Thank entrepreneur, you. I'm inspired by you and your story. And I'm so happy that we're able to stay connected throughout this whole period. And although we're going through our whole, you know, entrepreneur journeys on, a, you know, on, on different levels, one thing that I always hold dear to my heart is your commitment to greatness, your commitment to absolute excellence, your commitment to being the best and not necessarily in competition with anyone else, but just yourself, mm-hmm. you know? So what advice would you give to fellow entrepreneurs and particular people who are in the food industry, you know, who are looking to scale and grow their business? You know, I work with various entrepreneurs and some mm-hmm. are looking to hire their first employee. Some are looking to go from three to five employees. You know, what would be that overall advice that you would give to someone, you know, in those early years of starting their business in the food industry? I would say for the person that's starting out, I would say understand your product, Um, understand your product, know who your target audience is. Mm -hmm. And when I say understand your product, because there's a lot of products that are out there, understand your product, meaning like know what you're making, but also how are you doing it differently? What are you bringing? What are you doing differently to the table? Because at the end of the day, there could be several, you know, let's say cookies. There could be several cookies out there. But what are you doing differently to your batch of cookies? Mm-hmm. Why should someone buy your cookies? Mm-hmm. And so I say that because, you know, you see thousands of products come and go, but they have to me, they have to stand out. They have to add some type of like different flair to it because and 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 you have to allow yourself to kind of step out of your boundary step out of that box Mm -hmm. you know and 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 understand who you are but if if you don't like to step out and you just want to be traditional that's fine too but home it and make it the best that you can make it and while doing that keeping it small keeping it tight because you start doing other things and oh i'm gonna do like 10, you know, have 10 SKUs and mm-hmm. 20 of this and no, 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 no. Keep it small. Keep a small menu. Um, anybody that knows me, if you ever go to the farmer's market on the weekend, mm-hmm. I have a minimum a menu. It's uh, I think I have like maybe 10, 10 to 12 things on the menu. Wow. But yeah, I mean, I don't have like 30, 30 items on the menu. And right. the reason for that is because people lose short of attention span. They don't mm-hmm. want to have that many things on the menu. Right. They don't want a Chinese takeout menu. Right. Um, and so I say that because you want to keep your menu small and you want to keep it manageable so that you can make you can make it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to get slammed with a whole lot of orders that you can't mm-hmm. do. Something that you can do repetitively, but also finding an easier way to do it to where you can do it easier, to where you can take one thing and make multiple things out of it. 
One thing I learned um, from one of my business is, um, and this is a company called uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. Well, mm. went from Bad Bath & Beyond was I never worked for them. But I learned a lot of things from them because of their, the way they have their brand set up. They took one thing and then monopolized the market by making different SKUs and different products under one flavor or one sense. Mm. And that was brilliant because they already had, they already had their home base. All they did was just added it to other items, whether it was um, lip balm or lotion or, you know, hairspray or whatever. So that same scent was everywhere. So that was allow them to basically get multiple, uh, more, more money, mm-hmm. you know, make, bring in more revenue from right. other areas. Right. And so, and the reason why I say that, because if you're going to do cookies or anything like that, make sure you have your base and then you just add different things to it and you kind of keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you add, you slowly start adding other products to it. Don't do it all at once. I don't recommend people that, 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 oh, I want to add everything all at once. No, don't do that. Cause you're going to, you're going to burn yourself out. Mm. It didn't take me until last year, until COVID until I added on a, a lot of other items. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was seven. That was when I turned seven. Now it's eight. Wow. So that was seven years ago. That was that last year. So, I mean, I, I it took me this long to put, add more items onto the menu. We were just doing cheesecake up to that point. Wow. So all these new items are a recent addition. Yes. Wow. Because of COVID. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. We and... were slowly adding on items, but we didn't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Listen, great advice from a seasoned entrepreneur in the food industry. We're going to continue this conversation with Charles offline and then obviously in the later near future, we're going to extend the invitation for him to come back online. Well, I would love to come back. Yeah, because there's so much more to talk about. This was just a a appetizer in in a sense, right? To to, to you know the the full on conversation. It's so much more that's yet to come. You know, um, before we leave though tonight, I definitely want to give the audience a chance, an opportunity with to connect with you. Uh, mm-hmm. What? Uh, is your Instagram online, uh, your social media handle? So they can actually connect with me on uh, Crumble and Whisk. Um, it's a Crumble and Whisk uh, is my IG. And mm-hmm. that's also my Twitter and my Facebook. Your Facebook, okay. As well. Got it. Crumble and they and can Whisk. also DM me if they have any questions or anything. Yes. And you can definitely DM, uh, you know, Charles, he just said that perfectly. Uh, Charles, before we disconnect tonight, I want to give you the platform to share your gratitude with someone um, that has really helped you along your process as an entrepreneur and your journey to where you are now. If you can name someone and just share, you know, uh, the reason why you're appreciative of, you know, what they've done. Um, I would have to say La Casina, actually, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. because if it wasn't for them, you know, and them not pushing me in the direction that where I am today, um, I probably wouldn't have made it. You know, they have really done a lot with a lot of organizations and really kind of giving them the, the tools that they need to kind of get their brand out there. Mm-hmm. But not it's not just about the organization as well, though, too. It's about the person. Mm-hmm. You also have the drive and you also have to have the willingness to be able to kind of push it along. Yes. Um, and so I will have to say that La Casina will be one of the organizations that I definitely appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, Centro is another one that I definitely appreciate. Um, uh, ICA. Um, it's an organization that um, I'm currently working with. And so definitely um, 
you know, appreciate that them, you know, them reaching out and us working together uh, again and then in, in uh, hopefully 2022. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, these organizations and there's, there's a lot of other organizations that I've worked with, but, you know, these are the ones that come to mind quickly. Sure. Um, and these organizations are, 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 are really great in their own way because mm-hmm. they really help shape and mold the business to where you want it to go. Right. And you also have to have the drive and the development to kind of help lead, lead that. Yes. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well said. And to continue with the appreciation subject and topic, I want to say thank you, Charles, for you know being a guest on the Focus podcast uh, today. You definitely have brought so much enlightenment to our community of entrepreneurs, to myself as an entrepreneur. And again, we will be following close to support in all your endeavors. And again, family, this whole new options of holiday cheesecakes and such other great treats that are going to be uh, become available in the coming up days. Tap in with Charles and Crumble and Whisk, and we will definitely be promoting this episode in the coming days to all of our community and we will be in conversation with Charles again like we mentioned in the near future and I will personally continue the conversation with you Charles on Instagram in the DM after we disconnect here tonight but again it's been a pleasure thank you so it much has been. anything else you want to say before we uh, disconnect tonight um, just to tell people that you know, definitely follow us on social media and that, them, you know, please to go out there and support your entrepreneur friends and, and have understanding that, you know, the tough times that we're going through right now is only temporarily. Everything will be back to normal, hopefully pretty soon. And we will still be able to go out there and be able to see each other like we did two years ago. So, I definitely, you know, that that's what that's what I would have to say. There you have it. That's Charles Ferrier with Crumble and Whisk. I am your host, Eric Chivi with Chivi Digital. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great night. Thank you so much for tuning in and peace and health to each and every every one of you. We'll be back. Tune in very soon. Have a great evening. Charles, great talking to you today, brother. Thank you. Thank you for this lovely interview. It was Really amazing to kind of to be a wonderful guest on here. Thank you so much. I definitely will be back. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. We'll be in touch, Charles. Hopefully, next time in live. Yes, next time even we'll better. do it in, in person. Yes, exactly. Yes. yes, in person. Talk to you soon, Charles. Have a great day. All right. All right.